Hello and welcome to another episode of Comedy Convictions, the show where we pass judgment on our teammates' taste in comedy. Each week, one of us selects a comedy series and then argues the case for a specific episode. The goal is to convince us that the chosen episode is among the best that series has to offer and is a great way to get someone hooked on the show. This time around, we'll be regretting leaving our paddles at home as we find ourselves up Shit's Creek. Created by real-life father and son team Dan and Eugene Levy, the series centres around the Roses, a wealthy, dysfunctional family who lose everything and find themselves living in a motel located in the little town of Schitt's Creek, Ontario. I'm your judge, Carl Beecher, and like the patriarch Johnny Rose, I'll be trying desperately to hold things together in face of this dysfunctional bunch around me. In the dock, putting her case forward for this episode, is Caitlin Vine. That's me! Sticking up for her and defending her choice is defence Owen Poller. That's me. <laughs> and looking carefully for cracks in Caitlin, sorry, in Caitlin's case, is prosecutor Jade Gebby. <laughs> That's me, angry prosecutor. <laughs> okay, so Caitlin, you're going to argue the case for Series 2, Episode 1, Finding David. So before we get into the episode, why don't you expand a little bit on the premise I gave and tell us why you like Shit's Creek so much? Um, so yeah, so the Rose family, the Rose family are a, uh, we're a highly wealthy one percenter family who, uh, on the heels of, uh, of losing it all, end up moving to a town called Schitt's Creek, which the father, Johnny Rose, had actually bought for son David as a joke for his 16th birthday. But as the, when the government came to seize all of their belongings, they were left with very little and everything they were left with were something that had zero value. So that happened to be Shit's Creek. Um, so yeah, so then they end up moving to the town and in season one, we see a lot of the colorful characters come out. We learn about their interpersonal relationships. Um, and then we come to this episode in question, season two, episode one, which is my, yeah, this is my this is my pick for my not necessarily favorite of the show, I will mm. say, uh, but I would say it's my top three and definitely something that I would give to anyone looking to say what the hell is Shit's Creek. OK, speaking of coming new to Shit's Creek, Owen, you are new to the show, I believe. So this is literally, I think, the first episode you've ever seen. That's correct. And what are your first general impressions? Well, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Obviously, coming to the second episode, uh, sorry, the second series, having not seen the first, I, I believe that this episode actually sets up everything that you need to know, the characters, the setting, perfectly. So regardless of me not seeing the whole of the first series, I felt at home straight away watching this. At um, home, at home straight away. Remember those words. Mark okay. those words, judge. Uh, and Jade, I believe you are much more familiar with the show. What's your history with it? I first saw it a few years ago. My aunt, I'd heard about it. And I think probably something we'll talk about later is the name. And I think probably something that may be, I think I've heard it was to their detriment is calling the TV show Shit's Creek because I think initially people didn't realise what it was like and maybe thought it was had a different tone and personally it just 
it wasn't like I thought oh this is going to be awful but it's something about it just didn't appeal to me and then my aunt was watching it when I went to hers and she was like oh this show's so brilliant and then I watched all and then I've watched a second time so I'm a big fan of it um because Owen has never seen it before it's gonna be quite hard to be like oh this isn't the best episode to show someone who's never seen it before if the person that hasn't seen it before is like oh no I feel like I saw it really I understood it really well um but I do question whether this is like there's some elements of the show that's kind of missed out because it's part way through so I suppose that would be my prosecution when we come to it but um yeah I, I really like Shit's Creek and I really like um the main cast and a warm show, I suppose. Right. You mentioned the name then. Um, so, like, before we take off the wrapping, maybe we should talk about the wrapping. The name Shit's Creek. I would imagine that this may have caused problems with, in, the conce- in the conception of the show. Particularly, I know it's a Canadian show, but they would surely have been thinking about selling to America. And maybe you can set us right or wrong, Caitlin, but I always get the feeling that they're a little bit prudish in America when it comes to swear words and things like that? Uh, I think it all depends, you know, because, well, first of all, I should preface that with the caveat that I have not been living there for some time, <laughs> despite <laughs> the the having maintained my very thick accent. Um, yeah, I think it all depends, though, because I think also the term Shit's Creek, like up Shit's Creek without a paddle, I think maybe because it's something that's so much in people's vocabularies that they might not bat an eye. I don't think so. Although I guess if they saw it, like if they saw it come up on on Netflix, if somebody was talking about it and they referred to Schitt's Creek, everybody would kind of get, I think they would kind of get the gist that it's a joke um, and that it must be something that's funny. And then if you see it come across, especially if you see it come across on Netflix uh, with their, um, you know, opening freeze frame uh, or imagery that comes up with it, the, yeah, the title alone, I think people would would catch on in the States. When I I just have read that, Shit is a genuine surname in certain places. Oh uh, yeah. In order yeah, to so just... persuade the network, they said, "Here's look, here's a here's a phone book with with shits in it." <laughs> I'm sorry, Jade, I spoke over you then. That's okay. I was going to say exactly the same thing. So great, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like how they basically said, like, if um, if they were in the news, you would say their name on the news. So mm. you have to. Oh, that's you... a good point. Do you not think it's really clever? Because it tells the audience exactly what kind of place this is. I think it's brilliant. I mean, and that's outside of me saying that this is a great episode. But I do. I think it's I think it's just so spot on. Um, If I yeah, if that was something that came across, it's from a writing standpoint, I have to feel like like, you know, when you come across, you're having a brainstorm. And when you come across the, the, the option or like, you know, the alt that feels right, you know. And I feel like that's mm. one that once you come up with that, you don't think 10 options past that. It's yeah, just I, spot, you can't find a better one. I don't necessarily agree. I think it's like the show itself isn't what I would picture a show called Shit's Creek is. And I think it kind of like, it makes you underestimate it, which could be a good thing, but then also, it, I mean, they're doing fine, so they don't need to worry about people not watching <laughs> it, but... I just think it's sort of like not as good a name as the show is. Or or in terms of the tone, I think it seems like it would be a bit different to what it actually is. 
maybe one more thing before we get into the episode is also the premise. So this idea is that Johnny Rose years ago bought a town for his son as a joke. So this idea of buying a town, I, I would never imagine you could do that. But I believe it's actually based on a real event. Yeah, you can absolutely buy a town. If a town is up for sale, you can buy it. Like so you can it, buy uh, Hell, Michigan, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Didn't the idea come from Kim Bassinger? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1989, Kim Bassinger and other investors bought 1,751 acres for $20 million, intending to turn it into a tourist destination. I wonder if that was inspired by like Dollywood. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know that we would ever like go on a amusement park ride themed after Kim Basinger. Do you think they um do you think they have achieved their objective? Seeing as none of us have ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 30 years later as well. Yeah. <laughs> Act one opens with Moira Rose, the matriarch of the family, looking for a bag. And I liked this because this was straight in, two seconds in, and we're all we're already seeing like the premise of I'd say the B plot and Moira being very, very characterful. What? My bag! It's gone! What bag? What brown bag? You had a room full of brown bags back home. Which brown bag? Oh, that crocodile bag, the one my mother gave me. Well, it's in the closet next to my briefcase. That's an ostrich bag. And... Yeah, and immediately, uh, immediately Johnny jumps in because Johnny being the glue that holds everything together, he's very much like a problem solver. You know, like the, as stereotypically most, you know, dads of the family tend to be. Um yeah. yeah, he's very much the uh, problem solver, and he always just kind of wants to, like, keep keep Moira just calm. Just always keep her calm, and she just loses it. <laughs> it's like thrashing around straight into the episode. I think with, with all three of his fem family members, you know, they they are the, the cartoon characters, and although he's, uh, although he's not the straight guy, he is, um, like you say, the glue holding it together. He sort of reminded me of um, Father Ted in that way. So Ted was surrounded by, you know, the idiot Dougal, you know, alcoholic Jack, and um, Ted wasn't unfunny. You still laughed at Ted, mm. but he was kind of, you know, kind of the, the way in for the audience. Is that fair to say of Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, I'd give you that. I think what makes him interesting as well is that he does have these little gem moments that surprise you, you know, and mm. like little little tidbits come out about, you know, uh, the video store chain that he used to own or, um, you know, some of the moments where he does try to go back and be a businessman again and uh, any of like the anecdotes that come out. There's moments that surprise you where he's not just entirely the straight man, which is kind of nice. Um, so he's not always this just like focal point of normalcy. They all have kind of their their own little foibles and uh, and little details that come out later. I think it's good as well, because he's obviously we, we've said that he's kind of the straight man. But he gives us a bit of uh, comparison with the other characters. If all four of them were kind of as high level as, as they are, uh, I don't think it would work as well. He seems the less self-obsessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say. Okay, calm down. Breathe, 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 breathe. David, David must have taken it, along with my last molecule of hope. Oh, Moira, David only took his own bags. 
<laughs> She's like, are you kidding? I bet he's bonded by now to pay for manicures. <laughs> I bet he's bonded by now to pay for manicures. <laughs> that is a top notch. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> we quite soon find out what is our A plot. And that's that um, David has gone missing. So uh, just to reveal, personally, I've seen about two thirds of series one at this point. And so I had to jump ahead to watch the episode for this recording. So to me, it feels a bit like part two in a two-parter. Now, is that fair mm -hmm. to say? Well, episode, uh, I mean, the last episode of series one, maybe ends slightly on a cliffhanger in terms of like they think that they can finally sell the town mm. and then I won't say why but they realize that they can't <laughs> things go wrong and they can't so yeah this kind of like picks up straight up like straight after that and it picks up from that I would say from a prosecutory point of view the reason why I genuinely don't think that this would be the episode I would pick as to show to someone is because David actually only is in like nine minutes of it mm -hmm. and while all the characters and I mean the acting like the the core cast are so strong and they're all great but I do think that like David is brilliant and I do think that we kind of miss something with him being in it for such a short amount of time like I was I was kind of I was missing David. <laughs> I, I was unlike everyone else in the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the only one that was missing him, and I think that's probably where I would say because I because I do really like Shit's Creek, and I do think this is a great episode. But I think like I always feel like oh well, and I wish you had have seen David more because he's such a great character. I, I would counter that naturally as the defense. <laughs> yeah. As, as it is your job, job to do so. <laughs> yes, because I'm being paid to do this. Um, <laughs> I do believe that we get David's character through uh, what the other characters say. So, for example, Moira says David knows the street value of a woman's handbag. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and and that kind of builds it kind of built the suspense for me mm, like mm. these guys are the warm-up act and then we've got the the great reveal of him kind of dressed in that wonderful outfit in, in, <laughs> in the field that's such a great shot when he sat there with his like yeah. um, massive fork I don't know the technical <laughs> term for it but yeah it's such a great shot I hey, think bell poker that <laughs> is the thing like the the first like the opening really all the characters including um David who's not even there I think like I imagine you've got exactly what those characters were like straight away I just think even though you knew what he was like it was just a shame that him as a character wasn't there also I think he is maybe one of the most beautiful men ever that when yeah, sometimes true. when he's on screen I'm like I just, I'm like, oh my God, he's so, he's so beautiful. I can't even <laughs> look at him. You miss all the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're saying this was circulated around town? This was before my nose job. How is anyone supposed to recognize me? You could look at it in two ways, because I think even in the other episodes, it is, it is fairly well divided between everyone. So maybe it very well might be that that's the same amount of time that he's in the other episodes, but spread out over the entire over the entire thing. But I think this episode also does set him up to truly be um, 
like a focal point of the season and of the, the show for the rest of the time, because his entire, his entire arc, I think really, you know, they, they all kind of play their part in the first season, but then when the second season takes off, I think they really kind of follow David a little bit more heavily um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, taking a plot from every episode. I don't know offhand exactly what each one is, but I do feel like, you know, his, he kind of, he, his trajectory definitely takes off, I think in season two the lack of his presence in the front end of the episode allows you to see what all the rest of the characters think about him or where their priorities lie in relation to David. Right, <laughs> so yeah. like, like they all kind of care, like <laughs> sort of, <laughs> but it also shows you because as the seasons go on, then you, then they all kind of start to come together and they all have different, you know, they grow and have different feelings about each other and whatever, and find more, mm. you know, more of a family like aspect to all of their relationships. But um, I think this episode as well kind of sets up, uh it's it's one of the first i think moments in the show like when they're sitting around eating the ice cream i'm jumping ahead for a second but i think Mm -hmm. when they're sitting on the side of the road eating ice cream is one of the first moments of the show that you just kind of see them they're all in the they're all on the same level and they seem effortlessly like a family well in in lieu of david being in the first half of the episode we do get some good lines which refer to him and they kind of build his character (laughs) without him being there like for example one that made me chuckle was It's not the first time David's run away. Remember all those troubled years in high school when he'd charter the jet without permission? Yes. Yeah, I've got that one written down, yeah. (laughs) I felt like that line, especially when they said that and then um, Johnny goes, uh, yes, but he has no money. It kind of sets up the premise of the fact that now you know, okay, they used to be rich, but now they've not got any money. And it's Mm. like in one line, you know the premise of the show. Mm. Yeah, I I think as well... um, I did watch the documentary and it was kind of brought up in that, it, the, the fashion, they're, it, it, they're kind of the clothes that they are wearing. Oh yeah. Is such kind of antithesis to the, the surroundings. Yeah. And also in terms of the opening, what is brilliant about it is these characters are so self-obsessed. Oh that, yeah. That they're kind of, um, that they're missing sibling uh, you know, son, isn't their top priority. There's a lot going on in my life right now. Like, Ted keeps harassing me for an answer to the whole am I going to marry him thing. And then there's the whole mutt issue, which is very complicated and sexy. So I'm just, I don't know what to do. Take it you haven't heard from David. Okay, yeah, fine. And David's missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alexis, the daughter of the family, is just more obsessed with her love life again <laughs> and putting their beds see- together so that she can have a larger bed i don't blame yes. her <laughs> single bed yeah, is a night honest- i have a double bed and it's a or a queen it then and that's a nightmare yeah and again this was what made me feel like oh i've, I've entered in the middle of a two-part episode all of a sudden alexis is talking about a character called ted who i don't know hmm. and he, not only do i not know him but he's proposed to her and she's <laughs> yeah. i mean it is quite quick <laughs> yeah yep. yeah yep Straight and in talking about the situation with Mutt. Mm. Uh, so they finally, because I'm, I'm like I say, I'm halfway through series one, and it's still a kind of will they, won't they, mm-hmm. won't they? And of course, they have. They did, I assume, because <laughs> it sounds like they did. And I'm sure it was beautiful because these are two <laughs> very beautiful young nubile people. <laughs> um, but I suppose that's what I mean by it reminds me of a soap. Is that I do think 
that things continue and yeah they have their episodes where a specific thing happens in that episode but it's like there's always an arc going through and there's like a there's a bigger storyline where and maybe not quite as much as between the first um the last episode of the first season this one but I do feel like it there's some things structurally it's really like a traditional structure of like you know first act second act third act but overall it feels like it's got more of an arc and the characters develop whereas a lot of the time in sitcoms the characters they're always the loser or they're always angry and they always revert back to how they were but in this they really grow yeah it's quite a small world which which is soap like isn't it because it's set in a specific place and it's very yeah. rural as well so maybe that kind of is the reason why it seems uh, kind of like a serial kind of drama mm. yeah. there's not going to be big influences from the outside because there's nothing around apart from the wild west or wherever it is yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like the point. fact that everybody um the 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 character growth in the show that makes that is just so different from so many other sitcoms. Cause you're right. It's like, we, it's something that we always talk about is like, Oh, well characters, they never learn from their mistakes. Right. It's like always something that you kind of can hang your hat on with sitcoms. But yeah. um, that's also another reason why, dun, 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 but why I picked this episode as opposed to many others is because it gives you all of the information that you need about where they were, uh, where they came from, what the premise is, but they also give you uh, a great springboard for where these characters are going to be. Mm. So there's a couple of other episodes later on um, that have some really good, like rewarding family moments and like moments of, you know, uh, warmth and heart. But I think this one is a great one for still showing where everybody was so they haven't grown too much throughout season yeah. one they're still kind of kind of where they started at least emotionally as characters mm. um and it's a good jumping off point for sure okay um so the the family kind of split up um so uh, no not Roland. um johnny and moira go off to see uh roland and alexis goes to trying to sort out a love life so she goes to visit mutt what do we think of mutt um i always get distracted by his beard it's a very yeah. dark beard <laughs> yeah it's a super dark beard it just distracts me that beard i don't like it <laughs> well I'm... it could be just for men exactly <laughs> it could be yeah he actually he shaves it off at one point in uh in later episodes does he lose his strength <laughs> <laughs> if his strength is like uh his rugged hotness then yes <laughs> a resounding yes in fact alexis then doesn't find him as attractive <laughs> instead he's just somebody who's like really pretty doing manual labor like that's great <laughs> i one thing i was saying to caitlin um the other day was i think like i really like Shit's creek and I really like the main characters, the main family, Stevie and Ted, and then another character who comes into it later. But some of the surrounding characters, I feel for how well-rounded those characters are, the rest of the characters are very like one-dimensional. Like Mutt, I find a very dull character who doesn't add anything for me. 
except for some amusement with Alexis, but that's basically like Alexis's personality. Like it could be played or it could be a different, it's nothing about the guy as an actor, but like it could be another hot character. And then like, yeah, like there's quite a few of those like characters on the fringes that I just don't think much of. Yeah. Do you feel like, would you have, um, would you have replaced him or altered his character in some way that you think would be better? Yeah, I think I just would have given him a bit more of a person. Maybe I just don't, maybe I just find him just like... Are you just not into rugged dudes? Is that it? Give the guy a break. And then like I say, it's nothing against him. No, I just feel like he's just quite a bland character. I feel like he, I don't know. Owen, I'll be interested to hear what you think, seeming as he's, this is the first time you've seen him. Like, what did you think of the character of Mark? He was dropped there, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just, um, just, uh, just for my defence, I'm just looking up if he's ever appeared in, you know, the top 100 sexiest males. <laughs> um, in terms of the character interaction, it it was a bit one-dimensional. Uh, he kind of only wanted one thing, but actually, don't they all? Don't know. <laughs> Don't they all? They do. Tell Is me that the it. real reason, Jade? <laughs> You've got some goss to unpack as to yeah, what you re- yeah, how you yeah. really feel about him. Yeah. Uh, let's get a bottle of wine open, shall we? Did <laughs> his saltiness trigger you, Jade? You know, Grishio out. Girls' night. <laughs> Ladies. No, but but sometimes, eat. like I was saying earlier, in terms of the, it's a good yardstick for Alexis. Mm-hmm. because because he's obviously quite one-dimensional and he wants one thing which puts alexis's character under a bit of pressure because you know she's still technically going to be marrying somebody mm-hmm. so it will be adultery so uh, i think she remarked mm-hmm. on the softness of his hands for some <laughs> manual <Yep>. labor <laughs> i also um, think though it's it is another good uh measure of her growth going forward so it's almost like kind of an investment in her character, I guess, um, or an investment that like the writers make in her character, because as her, as she goes on and the, you know, as she starts to sort out this triangle and her relationship progresses with Ted and, you know, various other things happen, no spoilers. Um, yeah, it is definitely, it does definitely give her some growth. And by the end of the, se- the series, you do look back and go, oh, wow. Yeah. She's come a mm-hmm. long way since mm-hmm. Mutt. Although he doesn't really leave, does he? He, st- he sticks around. I just looked at the guy who, the guy who plays him, I just looked him up. He definitely dyes his beard because he was pushing forty when the when the show started. Really? Wow! Really? Gosh, he's he now forty-five. Wow! Wow! And, and, and maybe it's, again, <laughs> wow. just my jealousy. And I mean, my it, other I, half. I'm thinking just because Clint is uh, his beard is slightly going salt and pepper, but I don't think. I, and let's let's just be honest. It makes him sexy, doesn't it? It's distinguished. Oh, it is distinguished. Oh, salt and pepper. Yeah. I always kind of wonder now, Owen, maybe you can speak to this, but as a, as a sidebar, um, <laughs> do you, would, okay. Now as a, from an acting standpoint, right. If you were to, if you were auditioning for Mutt, right. But you typically like had auditioned for boy band-esque super pretty roles. Um, and so you're auditioning for Mutt. It's not a huge network show or anything like that. You're going for the audition you're not necessarily going to invest the time to grow the beard for the audition. You might not have the turnover time from your agent. Who knows? Do you stick one on? 
well, it depends for the role, I suppose, doesn't it? I must know. I must know. <laughs> Listeners, if you're out there, tell me if you've ever stuck a beard on for an audition. It would be a bit Andy Millman, you know, from Extras, Ricky Gervais's character, the actor. Mm. When he, like, for example, when he's auditioning for a film and he's wearing like a, a like a stomach girdle to keep his belly in. <laughs> <laughs> And then it pops halfway through the audition. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, back in back in my clubbing days, back in Derbyshire. I used to go out with this uh, with some farmers. And, uh, <laughs> clubbing in Derbyshire with farmers, right? Yeah, well, actually, Sheffield. That's an Alan um, Partridge show, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> clubbing <laughs> farmers. And uh, this this particular guy couldn't get into this club because he was wearing white trainers. Oh, so yeah. he went, went around the corner, put his socks over his trainers, his black socks over his <laughs> trainers, and got Shut in. Shut up. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> On that night. <laughs> anyway. It's been three days without any contact. Johnny, you wouldn't know this, but statistics tell us you have a 48-hour window before you can assume somebody is dead. Yeah, I just, I just said it's been three days. Then do we call off the search? Oh, my God. Johnny and Moira go visit Roland and Jocelyn Shit. Um, and they they learned that uh, the stolen truck, which uh, David took, has been located. So that makes that makes Roland happy. Um, and he asks and then, of course, Johnny asks, what did they say about? David, and it, oh, it didn't really come up in conversation. <laughs> the truck is abandoned near an Amish farm, so they they uh, they they take they borrow Stevie's car, um, which Moira points out seems to be uh, Stevie's home <laughs> 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 because it's got like all the food in it, and uh... also says a lot about her character. Yeah, you know, no like, offense, but. Do you live in this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's when Ale and I like this bit when Alexis comes back too, and Johnny says, uh, "We found the truck. We're gonna go see if we can find David." And Alexis replies, "Yeah, but I'm just kind of like really tired from walking. <laughs> just pulled up in a car <laughs> from the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, we're gonna go." And she's like, "Ugh." Just so yeah, they get in the car and they, they go off. And yeah, we get to the Amish family. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of skipped a bit because they, they do find David. And he's in the field, quote, working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, or he's just sat watching the young Amish girl work the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get what, there what? and they're like so excited, but not at the same time. Like Johnny's like, David, we've come to bring you home. Yeah. Moira's like, do you have the bag? <laughs> and Alexis is like, so you know, you know the situation with my, like, we kind of slept together. <laughs> oh, like, she says, it's got more complicated. Oh, yeah, it's got more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a wonderful standoff between them as well. Like, mm. it's it's like the, the first person to move. Mm-hmm gets uh you know gets the kind of the plaudits so they kind of like stand off you come over here no 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 you come over here <laughs> yeah 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 i think that sorry go on i was just gonna say i think that sums up the dynamic in the family at the beginning of it's all kind of a bit like one up one upmanship of like 
who's the most deserving because they're all quite spoiled and stuff even like Moira and to an extent when he's not being the straight guy even Johnny at points and yeah it's quite a it shows like their dynamic as a family quite well that standoff but they yeah so they they move back to um the household and so the whole household is there now um including like I say the the matriarch and patriarch and I really like these two especially the matriarch she's such a like a little masterclass in subtlety. Mm. So every, she's obviously hated David being there. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, thank you for nurturing our David during such a difficult time. We should be thanking you for coming. We've spent two sleepless nights wondering what would happen if nobody came. Would we be stuck with him? David's stay here has taught us some valuable lessons in patience, forgiveness, restraint. If we're talking um, about a beard game as well. Oh, beard game is strong. The patriarch oh, yeah. of the, the Amish is a, a seriously impressive beard. Yeah, he let does. Me ask, let me put an open question. To, to me, the Amish seem to be like a staple of American comedies. You think yeah. so? They, they pop up so often in American comedy films mm. and comedy shows. You think it's because they're like... I don't know, but it doesn't feel like massively punching down like i always get the impression like the amish are quite happy with their lives so it's like yeah it's yeah. never too it it's not like they're and i know that's a very sweeping generalization <laughs> say every amish is happy but but what i mean is like they just like oh who cares we're just getting on with our life kind of thing it never feels like it's punching down particularly yeah, I guess I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mystery with the Amish as well. Like we know a decent amount about them, but if you're not in their community, you're not in their community. You know, and in Pennsylvania, we have um, Amish country, which is very much Amish country. There's a whole section of Pennsylvania that is like, uh, I don't know if you would necessarily call it a, vi a village. I don't know. I haven't been there, but I mean, it's a decent size to be a place. Um, you know, when you're thinking as a as a writer as well is, you know, when you want these kind of um, contrasts and contradictions and like conflicts between different situations um uh a, i guess a, a culture that doesn't have electricity and kind of avoids any kind of uh frills especially in contrast to you know the rose family who used oh, to yeah. be so full of frills they're like the um, yeah so um Despite David thinking that he might stay, of course, the family, uh, the, the Amish family, make sure that he is gone and out of there. And so, yeah, um, we get a nice little scene where the whole family is together for the first time in the episode. And they're a little like roadside ice cream truck and uh, having ice cream. And it's really good because it's like, like we've already said, this is the first time they are together and there's proper interplay between all of them. Um, so, uh, let me ask Owen, since this was the first episode you saw, did you feel like you really, really wanted more of this? Like, because there's not much of it in the episode. Uh, not particularly. That My takeaway from this particular, um, particular bit was actually uh, Moira's wonderful vernacular, um, <laughs> which... Vernacular, uh, John. Yeah, exactly. Vernacular. That would that's something that Moira would probably say, actually, to be honest. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> she says, like, you're this, 
You're capricious. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I've got it written down here. <laughs> David, um, what you did was impulsive, capricious, and melodramatic, but it was also wrong. <laughs> um, no, I, I was. I, it was incredibly entertaining, um, and I, I particularly like. Um, it was nice to see a bit more of David and Alexis' relationship. Mm. It reminded me a little bit of um, the, the the Crane brothers from Frasier in the setup that they're pretty similar characters, um, but one will always outdo the other. Like, mm. so yeah, one is in any situation is more spoilt than the other or in, you know, whatever. Um, I think it is true what you say about them being like the Crane brothers as well, because the impression, because they talk quite a bit like in throughout the show and actually we got a little bit of an insight to it when Alexis mentioned about things that, they do and she's done in the past like the, all these crazy things and there's so many hilarious stories that Alexa just brings up like it's the most normal thing where she like oh yeah she was on like a yacht when the Somali pirates and I was so taken many hostage things. on David Geffen's yacht by Somali, Somali pirates for a week and nobody answered my texts <laughs> and um, I think like it's kind of clear that they weren't particular particularly close any of them before they lose all their money but I think like David and um, Alexis's relationship and in this episode you also see like she tells him about her and stuff like straight away which okay on one hand is quite selfish but also it's like it shows that they're close because she tells her brother about her relationship which not loads of people would do Mm -hmm. yeah she did ignore his text telling him yeah. T- telling her where. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what ignores one text? <laughs> We've come to take you home. Three days later. Nobody knew where you were. And your phone was off. I texted Alexis. I'm sorry for not responding to like one text, David. Uh, how about we just step out of Shit Creek for a moment and have a quick game of the unbelievably dirty truth. So in this game, I have a list of town names. All of them except one are fictional, and it's the task of the other members of the panel to guess which one is the real one. Okay, so here's my list. I'm going to read them out, and you think about which is the real one. So we have Cock End. Mm-hmm. We have Morning Wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is appealing to some of you. We have Hard on the Wold, uh, Lady Bush Trail, Wet Wang. We have South Frottingham. And we have Felcher's Canyon. <laughs> Yikes. Want to hear them again? Yes, please. Just okay. well, yes, what please. about one? Fanny, Fanny Bush Creek? Who? I'll go in reverse order then. So Felcher's Canyon, South Frottingham, Wet Wang, Lady Bush Trail, Hard on the Wold, Morning Wood, or Cock End? I think it's South Frothingham, <laughs> Frottingham, 
is the real place. You're going for South Frottingham, okay? Oh, wait, only one of them is real? Only one. No. Wow. I hope it's well, Wet Wang. I'll put it this way. I've only made up, I've, I've made them up except for one. I may have accidentally. <laughs> I don't know if that says more about the world or more about you, Carl. <laughs> oh, this, you don't want to see what's going on in my head. No. <laughs> These are the clean ones. I hope that it's Wet Wang. <laughs> I want it to be Wet Wang. You're going for wet wang, okay? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is wet wang. I'm pretty sure I've heard of wet wang. There was like an episode where the guys from in between us went to all these dirty place names. I'm pretty sure wet wang came up. I'm sure it did. <laughs> okay, then I can exclusively reveal that the real town is wet wang. Yay! Nice. Where is Yay. it? I would have thought that Owen might have got it because it's in Yorkshire. Is it? Oh, it is in Yorkshire. Yeah, so it's up north. Is it two dirty words? Dirty northerners. Uh, is it two words? No, alienate our uh, listenership. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, one word. It. It's, it's all one word. Wet it's, wang. It's, it's a very, wet very wang. small town. Do you know why? Did you look up the etymology of the name or not? It's because the founder's penis was always wet. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to say, I I really thought you were going to say the real thing then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this curse of my serious voice, isn't it? I, I could have. I think I think it's not a curse. I think that's like a great thing to oh. have. Like everything silly you say sounds real. It's, it's good for comedy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does anybody else want to share their dirty, dirty names with us? I do one of a pub. So one of these is a pub slash bar okay okay so number one gooch green <laughs> number two the booby bungalow <laughs> uh number three bum bailey bum bailey one word or two uh that's two words two words okay good good um, number four clot pole <laughs> or number five <laughs> Oh, bad. Okay. <laughs> Number five, cock and pull it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sounds like it's from a sitcom, cock and pull it. Yeah, that sounds like it's from um, a carry on film. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, matron. So do you want me to do them again? Yeah. Uh, uh, Gooch Green, The Booby Bungalow, Bum Bailey, <laughs> Clot Pole, or The Cock and Pull It. I'm going to go for the Bum Bailey. You think the Bum Bailey? I want to guess the... Okay, the one that I think it probably is is the cock and pull it, but what I want it to be is the clot pole. The clot pole? Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes me want to wretch. <laughs> uh, well, I think that the booby bungalow sounds like it's something from a John Waters movie. But I think <laughs> I'm going to go with the cock and pull it. I think that sounds like it, it's a pub. Dave, you are correct. Oh. Yay. The two in a two, row. The other two were Shakespeare insults. I really? You yeah, bum you, Bailey. What does that mean? Bum <laughs> Bailey. Yeah, yeah. They're just insults. I don't know where it's from, but it's it's on a list of uh, Shakespearean insults. Bum Bailey. Clat pole. Clack dish. Flirt gill. Fenty. Oh, so it's clat pole, not clot pole. No, sorry, clot pole. Then there's clat dish. You booby oh, okay. bungalow. 
booby bo- yeah that one isn't <laughs> <laughs> uh to bring it all full circle there's a place called intercourse pennsylvania mm. <laughs> it's home to which virtuous group of people the polyamorous the amish oh oh i know so intercourse pennsylvania oh the irony as it says on the world.org you see intercourse is one of those words that years ago just meant like exchange or dialogue or something like that fellowship so yeah so if you read like old victorian novels they'll always talk about how they engaged in intercourse in the yeah yeah or what's the other one um if you read a lot of sherlock holmes stories you find that um he uses the word ejaculate a lot to mean exclaim oh wow that that took a turn i didn't see coming yeah, like he, oh, he ejaculated with fury. Yeah, yeah he says, oh my lord, he ejaculated. Yeah. There's, a, there's one point where a character, there's a character ejaculates out of the window. Wow, <laughs> what yeah. year is it, boy? He ejaculates out the window. <laughs> <laughs> that Di- that's um, Dickens, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, not the ejaculated bit, but yeah. (laughs) What the hell were you people writing over here? Is it all the rain keeping you indoors? You don't know what to do with yourself? That gives Christmas Carol a very, very different ending, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. So let's get back to the plot. (laughs) The episode is kind of wrapping things up now. Um... They go back to their motel, see the old motel, run by Stevie, and David goes to kind of, I guess, make up with Stevie. Hmm. So again, yeah, technically under the guise of returning the car keys. Yeah, so I've got a question here is, what is the relationship between David and Stevie? Like because it's a I genuine a... question. But yeah, are you worried about spoilers? That's the only thing. Do you mind? Yeah. I don't really mind, no. Because it seems to get a glimpse of something happened in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. Well, they say in they say in this episode as well, um, uh, Johnny at one point says to Stevie, you know, when referring to their relation, well, you guys did. Does he say intercourse? Maybe he he says says intimate. Intimate. You have a very intimate relationship. (laughs) They basically shag is what it means. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Because it does say. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia and it says, um, yeah, Stevie Bird, a sardonic clerk at the motel who becomes David's best friend and brief friend with benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from this point onwards, they become best mates. But mm. a bit that you've missed is they hooked up a couple of times. The times. So that's why there's a <laughs> sense of awkwardness. <laughs> The bum, the bum bungalow, no, the uh, <laughs> bum, bungalow. Yeah, the movie bungalow very much became the, the, the motel very quickly became the booby bungalow. <laughs> movie bungalow One night only. Would definitely be seen in The Simpsons, wouldn't it? Oh, Just yeah. Like... <laughs> definitely. I knew this. I knew this episode would descend into filth. <laughs> Which is so ironic because the actual series is not like there's it's no not. filth in Shit's Creek like at all I no. would say no That's not true. at all it's always very very tame hmm. may I ask a question about David does he have a sweet tooth because in both the scene uh, after the Amish she's eats ice cream and then when he's in the cafe at the end 
He's also like eating a sweet dessert again. I, I think I think that I think they're having breakfast. I think he might have be having. Yeah. This shows how many episodes I, I've seen it. I think he might be eating fruity salad and yogurt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it, I thought it was a parfait, but I could be wrong. I thought I thought, yeah, it, I thought it was ice cream. Yeah. But then again, Cafe well. Tropical could anything can happen there, and yeah. it could be served in any kind of dish. No, it has <laughs> been a very very stressful seventy-two hours. So double ice cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well Fair cards. enough. <clears throat> Uh, and that, yeah, you've just flagged up where the where the show ties everything up and comes to an end. They're in, having breakfast in the cafe. It's kind of like the. It's actually in in a sense a traditional sitcom ending where the family are all together and mm-hmm. talking about the mm. moral we've learned this week. Mm. Um, except there's a, there's a great bit where David is looking at the missing poster that they posted, and it's <clears> like <throat> a 15 year old David. Yeah. <laughs> Before he had his nose job. Before <laughs> my nose job. How is anybody going to recognize me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, we, and yeah, and um, Roland wants his apology and he also wants his gas money. Yeah, I think it's um, a great opportunity for, I think it does all come full circle because so much of the show, they're learning to be a family after, you know, and after even having quote unquote been like a family um, for so long and then learning to be a family in another sense throughout this series and coming Mm. together at the end where they actually, they are a family. They're sitting down traditionally having a meal together, (laughs) maybe not so traditionally after, you know, suddenly finding their son on an Amish farm, but you know, maybe after, you know, one of the kids has run away. All right. Fair enough. Uh, We get that. But um, then to top it off is when Roland comes over and wants the apology from David. So it's this uh, very like, familiar moment of you've done something wrong as a kid and the person outside of the family that you've wronged wants an apology and the parents you know if you've stolen something and then you have to go back to the store and apologize and the parents like go ahead like <laughs> say you're exactly. sorry did we mention by the way that roland is the mayor of shit creek because he mm-hmm. is roland shit and he's the mayor yeah we haven't mentioned that being the mayor and um the uh in the founding family the shit shit family so if you were to buy a town yourself which town would you buy and what would you do with it uh i think i would definitely want to buy hell michigan (laughs) just to have it like i i don't know why i don't know that i would necessarily do anything with it but i feel like i do want that i'd probably buy there's a couple of other really weird towns in nevada that i might want to buy there's a tight squeeze virginia (laughs) And maybe, maybe it would be that I just want to make Kim Basinger's dreams come true and buy a small town. <laughs> Except I don't. I would put my own face on everything. Caitlin <laughs> Wood. <laughs> yeah, it's Caitlin Wood. Okay. I would definitely buy Wet oh, no Wang. Fans. Nobody's <laughs> buying it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> wet Wang definitely. I'd be buying. And I don't know. I, I mean, I would be more likely to buy an island than a town. Like I buy. That's a, fair. I buy. A, like island off the Caribbean or off. I think like, uh, New Jeffrey Zealand. Epstein's yeah. island is probably up for sale soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you I, could pay I, for I, some really bad juju. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be able to clean it up. Yeah, sort it out. <laughs> Nothing a power washer can fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> take a lot of sanitizer. A yeah. good PR team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Mm. Let's 
hear some statements. Um, let's start with the prosecution's closing statement. Jade Gebby. Yeah, so I think that obviously this is a good show and it's a good episode. I think that the one thing I would say about Shit's Creek generally is I really like it and it's very warm and like we said before, it's not particularly rude or anything like that. Um, I don't find it, I find it funny, but it doesn't often make me laugh out loud. Like I just find it a nice, easy kind of watch if that makes sense. I do agree that you can't really pick an episode that's like too much further than what we watched today. So maybe something from the first series possibly would be a better choice as like the best one to show. And also I just think that one's maybe a little bit funnier. And I think for me, the main reason that I wouldn't say like, this is a great episode, but I wouldn't be the one that I would show people probably just because it's missing David for so much of it. And I know he's talked about, we understand him, but he's just such a good character that I, I miss David. It's basically my, my prosecution. <laughs> I want more David always. <laughs> okay. And the defense, what do you have to say? Coming to um, Shit's Creek as a newbie, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, but I thought this episode was uh, a great introduction and made me want to watch more. Um, from the off, uh, the premise is really clear, as is the location. And we get a sense that the, these characters are fish out of water. They don't belong in Shit's Creek. You can tell that through the, the ostentatious clothes and, you know, bits and bobs that surround surround them. He's got wonderful characters uh, with... Uh, just like I, I love, like I mentioned earlier, I love uh, Moira Rose's just incredible uh, vernacular uh, and and how she kind of sees things. And I just think it's brilliant. I love how there's a lot of heightened dialogue that is just played completely straight. And, and a lot of the time, it, the, the, a lot of the lines are just really throwaway. And you're like, oh, did I hear that right? Yes, I did. And it's really funny. Now, Jade, she argued that David was not in it enough. Uh, but for myself, what I loved about this particular episode and my defense of that is that David's uh, David not being there uh, was built up. The suspense was built up. So by the time we meet David, we get a real satisfactory kind of introduction to him. Very well. Then it falls to me to make a judgment. Um, I'm going to divide it into two counts. On the first count, uh, would you please rise, Caitlin Vine? Uh, oh, sure. Okay. Yep. On it. Okay, cool. Um, I will st I'm, I'm trying to stand, but my chair doesn't want to move. Here we go. Okay, I'm going away from the mic, so you're beat. Whatever I say, whatever brilliance, you're losing it. So uh, the first count, um, is this show a great, is this, sorry, is this episode a great example of the show? I find you innocent. I think it is, I think we're pretty unanimous that this is a great example of the show. The characters are all on fire. They do lots of characterful things and they show what makes this um, series really on a lot of people's favorite sitcom list. On the second count, is this a good place to start or show 
so, uh, someone coming new. I sense that we are more divided on that. I sense, I, you know, I, I accept from the defense that, um, for example, you know, David is built up as a, as something to anticipate. Um, but of course, um, the family are not together for a lot of the episode, and David um, gasps from the courtroom, yeah, whispers. See where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and David um, is absent for a lot of it. Um, and of course, we are. We do seem to be joining the story um, in the middle of things that are happening, and you, and I think that might see um, newcomers f feel a little confused. Um, so I'm going to declare on a second count a hung jury. Ooh, that's mm -hmm. our first hung jury. A I hung that's jury a town wet you can wang. buy. <laughs> wet wangs hung jury. Just it is a well wang. hung jury. <laughs> Hi the, the perfect verdict for this episode. Exactly. Exactly. But I will. I will, Caitlin. Leave uh, the last word to you. I hope you feel that you've been treated fairly. Um, do you have anything to say? Say it now. I hold your peace. Are we? Oh, we've gone to a wedding now. <laughs> yes <laughs> or is that yes that's a wedding isn't it i was about to say is that a funeral but then at the same time if that's what you're offering sorry, at a funeral I, I, you're not going to get I'm very officiating far officiating at a wedding in five minutes i'm sorry yeah <laughs> uh no uh, i'm i'm glad i hope anybody who listens that doesn't know Shit's creek yet just watch stick it out love it dive in because 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 dun, 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 dun. the main reason why i love this episode so much that wasn't even something that i said was you're at home straight away. Full circle. <laughs> super deep. Super deep. That's actually west of Wet Wang. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me wrap things up then. So thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, we're all off to Wet Wang. I think, uh, I think it's appropriate to say best wishes and warmest regards. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>